working. First mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step What is up, sad people? Welcome to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. Um, You have Gatto, who is not pictured, Q, who is running for something in 2024, and me. Comptroller. Tis me. Um, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. Do us a favor and like and subscribe on your favorite social media platforms, as well as where you listen to podcasts. Tell your loser friends to um, financially shame them if you need to. But we're going to be talking more about football this week. I really don't know how much there is to say about either the Giants or the Commanders games. The Commanders got completely outrizzed by um, Justin Fields. Sam Sam Howell never had a chance in that game. Fire Jack Del Rio, throw him in the Hague, and take fucking Ron Rivera with you. I'm I'm still high on Sam Howell, but oh, I'm think, fully pilled on Sam Howell. Don't worry. But but there is, I will say though. He leads the they lead the NFL in sacks right now. He's taking like 29 sacks, not far behind Daniel Jones, I think like 26. But I'm gonna tell you though, he's gonna have to learn how to protect himself a little bit because there were so many sacks that I'm like, that should not have been a sack. He could have easily threw that ball away. He just holds on to the ball too long. He's got to speed up his processing a little bit. I like him a lot. He's got crazy good arm talent and all that, but he really needs to speed up his clock a little bit. And I hear you on that one. I think the problem is is there hasn't been a game where they've been in the lead. Every game that he's played in, they've been down. Mm-hmm. So they have not really been able to like fully – they haven't been able to really put the running game together, and they've really put him in a position where he's had to throw the ball way too much. I mean, he only had like nine passes in the first half, and it was already 20-3 to three against Chicago. So – Again, it's a Jack Del Rio problem, and the commonality between the Giants and the Mandos is shit offensive line play. I think everybody but everybody but Sam Cosme for the Commanders graded at like a D plus or worse during that game. So I don't really know how much there is to blame on him. I mean, he's like 20th in the league in passing efficiency, which is not great, but he's still beating out some. He's, he's, 20, he's 22. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about things like that because those can greatly improve. He's already a pretty accurate passer. I think he's like a 63% completion right now. He's doing good. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it's. I don't think it's something that's not fixable uh, for him, but it's kind of like a Daniel Jones thing. There's like, I like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Giants eventually, but like, the Giants' offensive line sucks, but also Daniel Jones is a slow processor. It seems like everybody wants to have it either one way or the other, that, like, Jones has no time. 
or Jones sucks and you, know, <laughs> you put X quarterback behind that offensive line and it's not as bad. But it's like it feels like a lot of offensive lines suck in the NFL and yet they still are able to score points. So it's like I think a lot of it, like I think Jones and, and Howell are very similar that way and that like they take unnecessary sacks when they don't need to. So yeah, I think a lot of the problem with the Giants is the play calling is just not good. Um, That's one part. I, I, I just don't know like what their philosophy is. And I mean, you saw in the Thursday night game where it got to the point where the head coach was frustrated with Daniel Jones too. And he's just like, you know, fuck it. Like, but at the same time, like, you also need to scheme to be able to make this work too. So, so, but also, I, but here's the thing though. I agree in some parts with that, but if the play that you're talking about where Dable is like looking at him, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. If you watch that play back and if you look at it from the all 22 view, Darren Waller is wide open in the end. Zone. Right. So he, number one, and I don't know, I don't know if that was his primary, um, like, it feels like he relies too much on the primary guy. Like he like literally will just lock in on his primary receiver and doesn't like look off if, they, if there's a guy in coverage. He throws to Paris Campbell, who's running like a like a like a little out route and like behind again, behind the goal line. Like and you got Waller who like literally sitting in the end zone and he's not like wide open, but he's like he's enough open to enough. be competitive, right? Yeah. You throw him the ball, he's gonna get it. And He's just sitting there, and Jones doesn't even fucking look at him. And he had clean pockets. So this is like this is what I'm talking about: is that like too many times we we blame just one thing, and it's like you have to look a little deeper. And like it's it's a mixture. It's slow processing and bad offensive line play. It's, it, that's why it's disastrous and not just bad. They were talking about this on apparently RG three has a podcast now, and Cam Newton was on there, and they were talking about how when they were playing, and I would say probably more when Cam Newton was playing, but they would simplify the offenses pretty significantly to point where it was like they would run basically like one word plays and they would just make things easier for the rookie quarterbacks and even younger quarterbacks. And I'm, I'm always curious as to why they won't do that because I'm reading reports now that the Carolina coaching staff is having to do that with Bryce Young too, where they're having to shorten the playbook a little bit. Like, I think it's important for coaches to recognize where their players are because it's not going to do them any good with them like setting the bar or the expectations up here when it's pretty clear that the transition from college to professional is is really fucking hard. And what Newton and RG3 were saying was like, when they were playing, they had two reads, first, second, run. And if there's nothing there, go. Don't think about it too much. Don't like put like five options on the field for quarterbacks because there's not enough time, particularly when you have a bad offensive line. Like who's your primary receiver? Who's your dump off? If neither of them are working, just get the fuck out of the pocket and make something happen. And I wish they would do that for Daniel Jones. I wish they would do that for Sam Howell too. But I think Jones in this case, they need that more. I'd argue though that – they had the last year they did probably go with a dumbed down playbook or an easy and it playbook. Worked for them, and, and that's the thing is that yes it worked for him when he you know 
last year when he was less experienced. But after getting a full year of football under your belt like that, he should be able to have a more, um, you know, diverse or complicated playbook to work off of at this point. He should be able to make those yeah, reads. I, I agree. And I think I think it's ultimately that with the $40 million a year, they ultimately are like, all right, we're going to start putting more complicated stuff because Dable system yeah. is considered just complicated. just got paid to have a higher responsibility yeah. workload. Like that's on you now. <laughs> and they're trying to protect him with having running less. But like it feels like there's a lot of times where there's like an opening and he's not taking it. And now, I mean, I don't even know because the neck injury, they're saying it's not similar to the one in 2021 where you missed a lot of time, but like uh, neck injuries are always one of those things that I just, I, I don't know. I, I honestly would probably just sit him the rest of the year. Like there's no, there's really no benefit at this point. Um, and it's not just because I want Caleb Williams. It's, 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 it is literally like he's already had two pretty significant neck injuries like at this point you're playing with the man's life at this point so like i mean if the doctors clear him it's one thing but like at the end of the day like i just i wouldn't even risk it at this point what's the point and honestly tyrod taylor looked more comfortable in this offense than jones has ever looked and i think i mean i think that's the accumulation though is that like jones clearly doesn't feel comfortable in this offense when they put more stuff on him and like he's making the same mistakes that he made at duke so it's like it just seems like he's not improving and like the problem is, like, you talk about simplifying the offense. Like, yeah, that's a lot of that play-action stuff that they were doing last year, which was awesome. But the problem also now is that, like, they can't go back to that because teams know they love to run the ball. Like, they know how they like to run that play. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, I saw him running that play-action, and then all of a sudden, guess what? There was a guy in his face within two seconds because they, they have tape on them. That's That was the benefit last year is that they had no tape on them. So Dable was running these like, you know, Mike Dable and Kafka were running these things, simplified offense, and no one had an answer for it because they hadn't seen the Giants do it. But now they had a full offseason. You can't do the things you did last year. It's just not going to work. I saw Mario made a point about the wide receivers catching the ball. It is a problem. He is he is Daniel Jones is not the problem. He's a big component of the problem, though. And it's like it's lack of talent, a wide receiver, bad offensive line. But Jones is a primary issue in this offense in that he honestly is not reading the field very well. He's missing wide open receivers. He's afraid to throw the ball. And a lot of times he just ends up double clutching and either taking a sack or he throws it behind the sticks. Like on third down, you should never be throwing the ball behind the sticks ever. I don't ever want to see it. And yet he will always take the little check down. I sent you that guys that, that chart that one day of like the, like literally his passing chart was, there was what two passes that were actually maybe past the sticks. Maybe. Yeah. Everything was checked down to the left or right. And it's like, you can't run an offense like that. Yeah. It it was, it was kind of a rough uh, week. I think for a lot of teams um, in the NFL, a lot of notable injuries also coming out of this week. Um, We saw James Connor go down. We saw, um, uh, a chain go down. A chan go down. Anthony Richardson. Um, the Richardson one was bad. Massacred my boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had I mean, so, we're talking so... Tra- We got Travis Kelsey tonight. It might not be good to go. He, no, he Justin they, Jefferson. They, I just they, got the notification. He's he's playing. he's good to go. Okay, I'm sorry about that. His girlfriend's no, in the stands. No. He's got to play. Uh, 
Um, he's got to got to shake it off. Deshaun Watson didn't play shake either. So. I want to talk about Watson because this is weird. Um, okay, he's got a shoulder injury, which mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's ways you can fix a shoulder injury, right? Like, what what do you what would you do if you had a shoulder injury? Would you get like some kind of therapy for it? One would think. What what kind of therapy would you get? Uh, probably like a deep tissue massage. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the theragun just isn't as fun as like locking <laughs> somebody in a room. So Watson doesn't play, and, and Mario, we will talk about the Patriots because I want to. Uh, they fit into my Caleb Williams conversation that I'll get to. Um, he doesn't play. He's he's by the way just deemed out for this week. They were on a bye last week. And they were actually he was cleared to play the following week, the, the the previous week. So he was medically cleared, he didn't play. Then there's a bye week and he's still not practicing and like apparently yesterday he was supposed to talk to the reporters and he wasn't there. And like it seems like something's going on with Watson. He's going to get cut. He quit. They they can't. They owe him to like a fully guaranteed contract. And this is why like no one's ever going to get that contract ever again. No. It's something's going on though. I don't know yeah. what, but it seems like something crazy is going on. Yeah. I mean, and his play has not justified anything for that contract either. I mean, you could make the argument like there's, this is like a performance thing where they're trying to get some kind of life out of that offense because he has been not good. No. He's been he's been bad. Straight tushy. And what's fun what's funny about it too, though, is that like I think that he saw the San Francisco 49ers on the schedule and he was like, I'm not playing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure I'm he's good. cleared. <laughs> but he's like, I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm all set. Thanks so much. <laughs> Nick Bosa looking at him like he's ready like to build the wall around him. Uh and- who's the guy who's gonna play in his stead? It's not uh it's not DTR though. It's somebody else. No, it's not DTR. PJ Walker Why? will be starting. Why? Yeah, and by the way, they're saying that I don't even think I know who that is. He was an XFL guy. Um, He's also a former <laughs> Temple quarterback too. And yeah, he was. and Carolina Panther. Panthers. Yes, he was. He actually was pretty good for the Panthers. Honestly, He's he fine. had some good games. He had some good games. Um, apparently, also, it's supposed to be like twenty to thirty degree mile, mile per hour winds and like heavy rain that game. So that's going to be an interesting one. If you got fantasy, I would not start anybody in that game. Yeah. It'll be nice and juicy. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, like it's, do, do you, I'm wondering if this is like something like to where he's going to try and force his way out of Cleveland. I don't know how Where's he going to go. <sighs> like that's the question. Like, I mean, I guess you don't have to go anywhere, right? Uh, just take your money and walk away. I mean, well, he's got them by the balls because, I mean, it's a fully guaranteed contract. And essentially, like, if they cut him, they're on the hook for it uh, cap-wise, which they can't stomach. And then trading him is almost impossible because, like, how do you trade a contract that big? Who's going to take him on when you consider all the allegations and then you consider now that he's pretty much, like – He's cooked. He's done. Yeah. There's been nothing when he, as he's come back that justifies like he deserves the money that he's been given or he's the player that he was three years ago, right? I think that's fair to say like 
even with all of the like the the off field shit, like his return has been bad. Yeah, really bad. Or was this just the the Sean Watson that really existed, but we never got to see it? I don't think He's so. Never like I. <sighs> Bill O'Brien, man, he is a, he is considered to be a guy who can get a lot out of quarterbacks. Although we can get to the Patriots in a minute, um, some some people have argued that he was propped up by that offense in Houston because, like, Field Yates had a good line on this that like 2019 Deshaun Watson is not walking through the door. Like, mm-hmm. this is who he is at this point. Um, and it just isn't it so funny though that the Cleveland Browns dumped Baker Mayfield. Because they saw an opportunity to get Deshaun Watson. They, they treated him like shit on the way out. Basically left him for dead. And now Baker Mayfield thriving in Tampa Bay. I want to also point out another person that was catching strays in that whole thing was Matt Ryan, too. Yes. Who they felt bad after they basically were going to cut him or like demote him to the second squad and have Mm -hmm. Sean Watson come in. And they felt so bad. They just like shipped him off to Indianapolis. And I mean, Matt Ryan is what he is. Like he's a disrespect though for yeah, was very good for shit when he got there. He won an MVP for them. Yeah. I mean, the first year he was there, they went to the playoffs. And they couldn't have said that the previous four or five years. Mario saying that they should have made a play for DeAndre Hopkins. I, I agree. Um, but I, I also wonder that, like, there's a lot of times I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of all 22 for Watson, and he just looks like shit. He's just sailing balls over people's head. He just doesn't look right. And, like, maybe he's had a shoulder injury this entire time. But, like, I mean, I just, I, I don't know, man. This is offense that really should be, like, he's got a top five offensive line in front of him. Um, he's got, he had Nick Chubb, I mean, but obviously Jerome Ford is putting up huge numbers. Like that run game is like Shanahan-esque. So like, it, it, it shouldn't be this hard. For it's a very complete season. team for them. Right. And yeah. the receivers are not great. Like Elijah Moore, Mari Cooper, you know, David Njoku. I don't know if you saw David Njoku's face. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Fucking Phantom of the Opera. He played, he played last week like that too? Yeah. He did. He did. Holy crap. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, wasn't he wearing the spawn mask in into uh, practice yeah, he, or yeah, whatever the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if I just don't know honestly if I think that like just adding a receiver is going to make this like it's going to fix this for mm-hmm. him. I don't think so. It just looks like something's off with him. Um, but I don't know. But I I, I don't know. But I, Bill, O'Brien, Bill O'Brien is considered to be like a quarterback whisperer, so maybe a lot, well, some of it is a runoff. But although I don't know, the Patriots look pretty fucking yeah. bad. I I don't know if I don't know it's, how much you can blame Bill O'Brien for that team though, because I think that's no. more like general manager, like Bill Belichick, giant brain was like trying to, you know, here's my next trick. <laughs> gonna yeah, get him a becoming guy the GM was the bad idea. I'm gonna get a guy who was on the debate team. But, and put him at left tackle. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it, though, is that like the Browns are probably in the best position to win out this year in their division. They are. I mean, it is. They are so fucking easy for them to just be, play mediocre football this year and have a fighting chance yeah. to make it into the playoffs. So, like, if if he doesn't come through, like he is the biggest problem on that team. Regardless of who's burning their face off, 
or getting injured and, you know, having to sit out the rest of the year, like, does he not think he's able to, you know, play without, without Chubb? Is that what's going on here? No, I, I think, I think he is, I honestly think he is just, he probably does have a shoulder injury. And he's at this point probably just not willing to like force himself in the game because like, you know, he just like he, he probably just thinks that he's going to get end up getting hurt and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to force, you know, force uh, a game ultimately where like, you know, he's going to it's like this week. He's got San Francisco. He's got fucking Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa coming at him like he's just he just didn't want to be involved in it. So. But it's it's a problem when you're making over two hundred million dollars. You have to be the guy who does that. You have to take those hits, and uh, it just seems like he just doesn't. You know, seems like he doesn't care. Yeah, um, I just <laughs> it's it's just you know I think I want to give him more shit just any chance I get. Right, like that's the. Deservingly of getting yeah. shit, yeah. There's a moment to just be critical of him. I'm taking it <laughs> every time. So I think it's a good time now to kind of go through all of those teams. And we just talked about, you know, the Giants. We just talked about the Patriots, the Browns. There's a number of teams out there. Um, Has the bubble burst on these teams? Yes. I think the bubble has burst on these teams, but you also have other ones like the Cardinals who have been competitive, but I, I don't think there's the a Bengals. For them. I, the, I, I like the Cardinals, man. I like Josh Dobbs. Everyone takes the bus there. <laughs> but I mean, fucking what, killers. I'm, what I'm really referring to is like, these are all teams that are quarterback needy at this point, And, when do you start to see the the dive in? Like Mario just said, like at some point the Patriots will need to elevate Malik Cunningham to see if something different might work at quarterback. Potentially, Malik Cunningham. I liked him at Louisville, but I don't know if he's going to be a real game changer. He was, I, I, he, he was impressive during the the uh, preseason. I think that team has been so poorly structured by Big Brain Bill that. <laughs> putting Malik Cunningham in there is, is only going to hurt him. Not physically, but like from a potential perspective, like there's the wide receivers are booty. The offensive line doesn't play well. Like I have Ramondre Stevenson on my team and he's been a fucking ghost this year. So. So I am the Patriots to me are just like a very weird team right now because I honestly didn't think they'd be this bad. And like the saints are relatively, I mean, they got a good defense, but like, and thank you because I started them two leagues this week um, and they just crushed it. For me. <laughs> um, but like, they're not that good that they should be beating the Patriots 34 to fucking nothing. Right. Like it's, it shouldn't be happening. Bill. I don't know what's up with bill, man. Like, honestly, like, that that is weird to watch his team get shut out like that. I don't know what you do, honestly. I, I don't know I don't know what you can do at this point um that will is, fix this. Is this know? Bill saying this is uh tank time? Is that what we're running into? He's he's not about the carbs, so Mac is out. But well, I mean Mac, you know, Mario made a good comment before that even Jesus can't help Mac uh, Mac Jones. Um yeah. 
<laughs> I honestly like I don't know what you do because like even with Bill, like I mean he's he's kind of old at this point. Like, is he really gonna want to go through another rebuild, even if you get like a Caleb Williams? Like, I just I don't know. Can can we argue that he's not he hasn't really rebuilt this team at all? No. It's just kind of like taking some pieces and shuffling them around as X's and O's and hoping things work out in their best interest. I mean, they have yeah. guys on this team, too, that are like, they should be better than they are, but they're just, the play calling is just uninspired. Again, they have like a homeless person who's calling plays in Matt Patricia for somebody. I mean, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster is like insanely uninspiring. Yeah. I like Keyshawn Butte and Kendrick Bourne, but... Matt Slater is still on this team. He's like 5,000 fucking years old. Slater's a good uh, special teams guy, though, for sure. Yeah, nine years ago. <laughs> He's 38. You can find wow. somebody else. Wow, he is. Wow, 38 years old. Holy shit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, the, I, I, Bill needs to kind of step down as GM. I think that's been a problem, is that he's kind of running the – and I, as far as wide receiver is concerned, Bill Bill Belichick it might be one of the greatest defensive minds this league has ever seen. But the man cannot scout a fucking wide receiver to save his life. Nope. Like every single time they've had an opportunity, he has failed. And then like a couple years ago, he gives like uh, Nelson Aguilar like a decent sized contract, and like you know. And then obviously um, this past offseason, they let uh, what's his name go to the Raiders, and he's been killing it. Jacoby so, Myers, yeah, yeah. Myers. Like, I mean, like it just it just never seems like they get it. So, like, if there if there is a team that sh- probably should tank, it is probably the Patriots because like even if it's just to reset the reset them for the next few years and get them a quarterback, but like at this point, I mean, Mac Jones looks fucking terrible. And they keep bringing in Bailey Zappi at the end of these games, and he looks worse in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you're gonna learn from like, like Bailey Zappi looks like Mac Jones if Mac Jones had a worse haircut. <laughs> but it sucks because like Ramondre Stevenson, who was just so good last year, is just completely neutralized in this offense. Yeah, he's been bad. I mean, but I mean to be fair, like if they know that you can't throw the ball, like they're gonna just stack the box and stop the run, so it's like it's it's not really like his yeah. Zap is a wor- ver- worse version of Mac. Yeah, I agree. He's like he's Mac without any real arm strength to him, and it's just like everyone thought. Are, are you saying was- that Zap has no zip? <laughs> One could make that argument. Boom, boom, damn. Yeah, I it just it's just uninspired. They go out and get Zeke Elliott. Like it's just, like it just seems like this team is just perfectly content with being mediocre and in this division like you don't fucking stand a chance Mm-mm. i mean i would argue that if there is a time to take a few seasons off it is right now i think the rest of that division is beastly it is stacked with talent mostly because I, of years and years of the patriots dominating right that, that caused this. But. I mean, you're going to have back-to-back games, Buffalo and Miami. Ugh. It's not going to be pretty for them. Yeah, like, so I so I had brought up a question to you guys before. And 
I, it's been a bit of pretty decisive one, especially on Giants Twitter, because I've been arguing that at this point, the Giants' best move is to sell off assets. And I'm not talking about Dexter Lawrence or anything like that. I'm talking about like Xavier McKinney and Leonard Williams, guys that are like probably not part of the long-term plan and get whatever you can as far as picks and hope to God that you get the number one pick. Now it's they, it, the, the strength of schedule is working against the giants on this um, just because they don't really have like their strength of schedule is way too high that it most likely they will not get the number one pick, but like I'd fucking try, man. Like at this point now, obviously Denver, Carolina, which is owned by Chicago um, and the Patriots and also the Vikings, if they trade Kirk Cousins are going to be tough to get past. But like some team, some fans argue that you should never tank and it sets a bad culture and it sets a bad example and that you should always try and win games when you can. But I'd argue that by winning five or six games a year, you remain mediocre. And in this class where you have at the top two quarterbacks that I think are really good, you have Caleb Williams, you have Drake May, and then there's Marvin Harrison Jr. where I feel like you don't take a quarterback and you walk away with Marvin Harrison Jr. You're walking away with maybe a top five wide receiver long term, right? Potential Hall of Fame level wide receiver like Calvin Johnson. So even if you don't get the quarterback, you're still getting an offensive weapon that's going to like be there for the next 15 years. I'd argue that tanking is ethical in this situation and it's probably the smartest thing to do. I okay, so two things I think. One, the NFL has shifted a bit in the way that they draft quarterbacks, right? You're you stink, you're desperate for a quarterback. Um, you're gonna just continuously draft quarterbacks till you find one that is yes. at the level and talent, and you're just gonna eat L's until that point. Yep. And as we can see, there's a lot of turnover amongst teams in the NFL right now where you've either got it or you don't got it, and all the ones that don't got it are are mounting right now. Because yep. for years, we had these elite quarterbacks kind of running around the NFL that were you know, just very stationary. Teams had found their guy. Yep. And we're in this period of time in the NFL. It's just you know we're trying to find talent, and it's a heap of – mediocrity at best um but the the other part to this i think is that if you do find someone you can work with while tanking might be a strategy to get things like all-star linemen to put around them and protect them right so you know there is kind of a balance of do you go or do you stay kind of and and continue on this path of drafting your way to a future but i i'd say that it's you know with the nfl it's also any any week that can change in a heartbeat right your your top player can go down and be done you know for maybe even for you know for the rest of their career yeah Mm -hmm. i i i think i think it's a matter of context also right like because like i'm not telling in like you know if you go back a couple like two years ago right when we had the Kenny Pickett is the number one quarterback that comes out. He's Pickett 18. You're not tanking there, right? Like you have to read the field and be able to like, but you look at the quarterback class that that is coming out potentially, right? Between 
Caleb May, Drake May, uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, Jaden Daniels, <laughs> JJ McCarthy, Quinn Michael Ewers, Penix. Michael Penix. There's a slew of guys, but like clearly, I think Caleb Williams and Drake May are kind of considered the top tier guys, right? Caleb May has got some, uh, you know, I, Caleb, I keep saying Caleb May. Caleb Williams has some Mahomes to him. And I think if you're looking for a comparison for Drake May, it's like kind of Justin Herbert ish. Um, there's that's the type of thing like you have to trust your evaluations. And like if you look at a guy like Caleb Williams and like you say, like he could be the next big quarterback in this league. You have to take a shot because, like, I, and I'll tell him I'll let you go in a second because, like, I want to hear your perspective on this. But, like, go back a couple years ago, the Jets win a meaningless game over the Jaguars, right? At the end of the season, they both sucked. And what happened? <laughs> the Jaguars get the number one pick and they get Trevor Lawrence. And, and Trevor Lawrence not setting the world on fire, but Jags look pretty good, all things considered. Just beat the Bills. Uh, and then on top of that, right, the Jets get Zach Wilson. How much do you think the Jets would give up that game against the Jaguars if they could go back and change it to get Trevor Lawrence? Well, I will I will rephrase your question with another question. When it comes down to decision-making, do you think if they could go back in time, let's say they do win that game, would they have picked Zach Wilson over Justin Fields? No. If they could go back in time, they would they, – yeah. Do you think they would take – you would still think they would still take Zach Wilson over Justin Fields? No, no, no. I think they would take Fields over Oh, Wilson. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's 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 100%. Because yeah. I think they saw a guy who came out and, like, flashed. Yeah. When they when everybody knew that it was going to be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields as the top two guys, and they said, like, we want to go with this guy who's got, like – who could light up the world, and he, like – I, I was think they, they made – mistake with him i was higher on zach wilson than most people so i, I was i'll admit i was wrong but i even i was the one even i was sitting here like there's no reason why justin fields shouldn't go number two it just didn't make mm -hmm. any sense i yeah. i will say though about this past weekend um watching that london game i don't know if it was a sheer just advantage the fact that the jaguars spent a week in europe and they had zero lag by that point or what yeah. but Trevor Lawrence looked unreal. He was super good. This I mean, how many games? the ball exactly where it needed to be. He was he was playing lights out, in my opinion. How and many games have the Jags played in England, though? Like they are the kings oh, of playing overseas. I think, I think so they have ten to... at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they have the most overseas they, they games do, by a significant margin. It's because Shahid Khan is clearly trying to angle for like a London team eventually. Yeah. You so, need to find an offensive game plan to quarterback that fits the plan, then build around a changing plans and quarterbacks every two seasons makes new grounds. Correct. I agree. I agree, Mario. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's the that's the one another topic that we can get to is like drafting a quarterback. Do you draft a quarterback that fits your offense or do you find one try and find one that is like you could drop him in anywhere. Like Josh Allen would probably Josh Allen and like Mahomes, I think you could put on any team and they'd be successful. They're more successful where they are, but like I still think that like Mahomes is Mahomes. I on I would say that team. now that the enemy, sorry to to cut in. No, on no, you, you're good. But you're I good. would say talking about this um, as Mario brings up, since the enemy has now moved over to the Mandos, um, I think that offense has been a little less efficient than it has been in years past, and and that's for sure. And 
you know, I think they're still they still go with that Bienemy playbook, but it doesn't have his Riz like it had in the past. Riz. I mean, so Mario wants to talk Mahomes, and he he says he doesn't look the same without Travis, and like, of course, like I I think they've kind of failed him in like bringing in targets. Like, I mean, obviously they drafted Miko Hardman over DK Metcalf, and like they've made some they mistakes. There was something in Tony. <laughs> yeah, Jucker. Kadarius Young Jucka. Um, but they also like invested in Sky Moore too, who has not. Yeah, played. another guy who hasn't really kind of panned out. Uh, but I, I wouldn't argue that Mahomes is like having a bad year. Um, he's it's just not a his year. Yeah, it's just it's it's not lighting the world on fire. But I think I think Rasheed Rice is is a is a is a guy for sure. He's viable. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't um, think I I don't think like you know they lose tra- uh, they they lose Kelsey. I don't think. He's going to be able to fill those gaps for that offense. Their running game is mediocre at best. We're about a third through the season. Mahomes is currently on pace for about four thousand yards. Um, he's at sixty-six point eight percent completion, which would be a second highest of his career, and he's on pace for about thirty thirty-something touchdowns. It is certainly not a big year from him so far, but like also, I would argue they've had some tough matchups recently. And if you look at their schedule for the next few weeks, like there's some potential blow up games coming up. So, and I'm, 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 by the way, I'm facing Mahomes tonight in one of my leagues. So, fully expect that he's going to throw four touchdowns tonight um, in a must win for me. So, I mean, Denver tonight is, would it shock anybody if he throws four touchdowns tonight against Denver? No, I think this is a game that's ripe for like a get right for them. And then he's got the Chargers after that. Then he's got Denver again, and then he's got Miami by week, and then goes against Philly. Like so, I mean, th- he could throw four touchdowns in every single one of those games. So, um, I honestly think that he's like, and like he, I think Mario is right that he doesn't look the same without Travis Kelsey. But like, I don't know. Yeah, and I would agree. I think the team. I think. From a wide receiver standpoint, there is a significant drop off from having Tyreek Hill on your team and Travis Kelsey to then going to I then just go into like Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, and yeah. just Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like these are, and I'm wondering if this is kind of the byproduct of having to spend a lot of money on a couple of players like Mahomes, like Travis Kelsey, like Chris Jones. You have to skimp in other places. It's, it's also the byproduct of being dominant for the last four or five years. That is true. That is a good point. You're picking at the end every time that's going to hurt you. They did take Nico Hardman over, over DK Metcalf though. Like, Oh, don't get me wrong. There's still blunders uh, abound, but you know, the reality is like when when you're already working um, against yourself because of that, you know, the, the options that you give yourself in the drafts are going to be difficult, right? I would not be surprised if they added a wide receiver at the deadline. I heard Jerry Judy's name getting floated around. I'm I'm confident that there are going to be oh. guys out there that they're going to be able to to pick up for like a mid round or like a mid draft pick. I just I just don't trust like a like Jerry Judy's like consistency to be on that field, which maybe him and uh, Kadarius can do part timing, but you got to give him part time money, and he's not going to want that. 
I, I think, well, I think like, I think Kadarius Tony has pretty much showed what he is at this point. He is yeah, he's a gadget booty. receiver. Yeah, I just like rubbing it in. <laughs> I was going to be charitable to him and say he's a gadget receiver, but like, yeah, he's he's not great. Um, I just had like an image in my head of like uh, Kadarius Tony as like uh, Inspector Gadget and his head on like the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you've been tony i hope you are right mario i hope it, i hope like pacheco scores like four touchdowns tonight and that's it like well anytime that sean payton kind of eats shit too is a fun day in my oh opinion. yeah like the can... fact the fact that fucking what's his face was in the biopic of sean payton kevin james what yeah, played him? Oh, I forgot about like, that. I think everyone, that was right everyone there, deserves to lose. Everyone's I totally forgot about that fucking movie, man. Oh my that God. yeah, that was what something. Was that? What a special piece of shit. Was it a movie or was it a was. show? It was a movie. It was a movie based on his life and something. No, but what's crazy about it though is that it, it's it's highlighting the time when he was suspended for for uh, the 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 issue where they were like. Putting bounties on players, bounty gate. Yeah, so, so I don't like, think they again, actually mentioned to, any of that either. Too. They're trying to play it like, oh, like he's just like I'm out for the year, so I'm going to help my son's kid. And he's like, he was like paying players to take out the opposing it was, players. If, if I had to summarize it, it was Tin Man finds a heart helping the little giants. Oh like my it's God. so fucking. It was such a ridiculous move, and everybody's well, just like, oh, Sean Payton bowing to him the entire time and he's just like i'm a weird guy who only talks about football that's it that's it's it. just such a funny concept of a story because i don't think they ever actually mention that and it's the same way <laughs> during like the exactly it's just like why why is he suspended explain it to me why was he suspended i feel like <laughs> we're missing a huge part of this fucking story <sighs> So meanwhile, the, the real story of this was that he probably set up some sort of semblance of fucking bounty gate with the kids on that high school. Team. Yeah, he's paying him in like Snickers bars. Yeah. <laughs> Frozen Snickers bars. He goes that that story? Kid, he's like, hey, Chunk, go take that kid out. What was that story that you guys talked about how your high school football coach would like bribe you in Snickers bars? Like, Oh no no no! They, Anthony, they just let Anthony you playing football this year, and he cuts it up with a fucking like camping knife. Yeah, it's yeah. A Snickers bar. So uh, I remember that this was this was sixth grade. So he was already like he was our our high school head coach. He was the uh, guidance counselor, or no, not sixth grade, uh, seventh grade, eighth grade, or whatever. He he was um, he was already scouting scouting us then, and uh, he'd he'd always have these just like weird little um pep talks kind of check-ins with you know potential talent i guess or whatever so he would he would bring it down to his office and he grabbed like a bunch of us and he pulls out he pulls out a fucking five pound bar of hershey's chocolate <laughs> on you his desk you, you been a good boy up, anthony pulls a pocket knife out of his pocket you want some of that and he's like hey <laughs> you boys like <laughs> you boys like chocolate yeah, he, he has a funny voice too. Um, so he's like, "Yeah, the football program's looking real good. Are you guys thinking about joining the team?" <laughs> he's oh, like, yeah, have, have some chocolate. You're growing, boys. You need the energy. 
So creepy. <laughs> oh my god. I never right. had that experience. I was not a good enough player to be welcomed and bribed with chocolate. Yeah, this is why he's still a high school coach. Imagine him like as a college coach and he goes to like some kid's house and sits down with his parents, like and they want to know about NIL deals and they want to <laughs> know about like, out a bar of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> like chocolate. They open it up thinking there's money inside. They're come to come to Youngstown State chocolate. <laughs> why sir? My son has gotten an offer to play X institution for $350,000 in sponsorship deals. And the best thing you can give me is the fucking hotel chocolate that you have. It's, got <laughs> it's the Mr. Crackle they put on your fucking pillow. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. no. All right. I want to play a game. So. Play a game. You think you're in control? He wants to play a game on the Second Mouse podcast. Um, this is Jigsaw. I think everybody is. Quintero, you alluded to it in the sense of like Caleb Williams and Drake May are the guys that everybody wants, right? But let's assume those guys are off the table because there's only one of each of them. And we're not in the cloning business yet. So I want to go through. I put together a list of the 18 like quarterbacks that are unlikely to be drafted. And I want to go through if Caleb Williams and Drake may are off the board as a giants fan and Gatto chime in too. like, who is somebody that you would be interested in as a member, as somebody to be drafted again, Jayden. there's Jaden Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, he would mm. probably be my third. I know a lot of people are like Bo Nix, and I I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about Bo Nix because, um, like, the Auburn tape is bad, but Oregon is and, good. And he came in as, like, the best recruit they've ever had. He was, too. yeah. And he uh, – but also Auburn – Auburn's one of those teams that over the last few years, they've just been so ass that it's like, I just, yeah. I don't know how to like parse it, but he looks good, but he's also older. I don't want the, any of the older prospects. He's going to be 24, 25 ish by the time his rookie season's over. He's, he's going to be 24 by the draft, by the draft. So it means by the time year two, he's 25 years old already, which yeah. by the way, Burrow was in that same situation. So, but it's like, it's based on like talent, but like Daniels to me, He's he was impressive last year, but like watching him put LSU on the on his back last week um, really kind of stands out to me. It was a tough matchup too; it wasn't easy. Yeah, they were down in the first half of that game yeah. too. He's got he's got some he's he he moves well with the ball. He's got to stop taking so many big hits, but uh, and he's also kind of like a he's got a kind of a thin frame to him. So I think I would want to see him bulk up a little bit. So he is, um, in comparison, Drake May is 6'4", 230 pounds, according to the media guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden Daniels is 6'3", 200 pounds. Yeah. So significant, like an inch shorter and 30 pounds less. May, May's got some bulk to him too. Like Caleb, Caleb is like 6'1", 215. But like he kind of reminds me of like Jalen Hurts in the way that like he – like I think I don't I don't he's gonna be one of those guys that takes a million hits and just keeps getting back up. So yeah, because Jalen Hurts is not a big guy, but he's like strong. So so um, Kurt Herbstreit was on actually before I moved any further. Gatto, any thoughts on that? Uh, 
you know, I have. It doesn't have to be a first rounder, right? Like it could be like a, a mid round guy. I mean, this is anybody like at this point. And just to provide you with some context, because I have this in a spreadsheet. Um, if Williams, May are off the board, Daniels, and there's no order. Daniels, Penix Jr., Shador Sanders, Bo Nix, Sam Hartman, Riley Leonard from Duke, KJ Jefferson from Arkansas, JJ McCarthy, Quinn Ewers, Michael Pratt from Tulane, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, Spencer Rattler, no. Um, Jordan Travis from FSU, Joe Milton from Tennessee, Cam Ward from Washington State, and Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. I, I do. I actually like uh, Quinn Ewers. I, I see him potentially having some like streak where he could be a quarter. He's got that name for quarterback in the NFL too. In <laughs> there a is weird way. To a name, right? But, he's got to um, be the he's got to be the quarterback for like the Falcons or something like. You that. know, he, he had a little drop. They had the tough loss against Oklahoma, but uh, you know. I, I think that uh, fucked up my parlay. Yeah, because you know what? I thought he was a lock. Like I thought, I thought he had it, and he didn't put up a bad game, in my opinion. I don't think so, it was him. I think it was just everybody else. Yeah, Pat's gonna get caught with Colm Gate. It's gonna be Tom yeah. Brady. Um, I I really like Cam Ward. Um, I who is secretly quietly having a very good year in very good year. I, I honestly like I look at a guy like JJ McCarthy and I I don't I'm confused because he's so fucking accurate and he I'm, he he can just dice people up but like I'm gonna tell know. you right now I have no faith in Michigan quarterbacks because they play nobodies for the entire year yeah, that Tom Brady kid was pretty good yeah but he was <laughs> he split time with Drew Henson so he was the he was the third string quarterback between behind Brian Greasy. Um, Drew Henson, Drew Henson, who eventually played for the Yankees third base. And, uh, he was the third string quarterback. He did play his last year though. Um, yeah, yeah I know. I know. I'm just, I'm joking. Cause he's uh, Tom Brady's an outlier anyway. So it's like, it doesn't really matter across like, the board. Maybe. Everyone's like, Oh, he, well, like, he, like you're like, he's a fifth rounder. And he's like, well, Tom Brady was the sixth rounder. And it's like, yeah. Okay. One in a million. Like, yeah. Congrats. Congrats. You <laughs> found you, him and you found the, exception. the only ones that have yeah. actually panned out. You found the exception, not the rule. Congrats. Um, yeah, the, the hit rate on those guys are so small. I like Quinn Ewers a lot, um, although I am more in, I'm more interested in another Texas quarterback, let's just say. Uh, he's not eligible for another few years, though. Arch Manning. Ooh, has yet to be <laughs> too. Yeah, Arch um, Manning. I, think- I, I worry about that, though, because he ends up being like a gimmick in some ways. I, I would that. agree, because he wasn't even the highest-rated quarterback Ah, yeah, I'm not worried about that. But like, yes, I get what you're saying. Like, you're you're coming from the ultimate of ultimate pedigrees in football royalty at this point. His his high school tape is good, but he also did play nobody. So I do want to see. He's gonna. He's he's the worst man. <laughs> um, One's got to be the Fredo. Let's just. I don't know, man. Right? He he looks impressive. I I I I'm. I'll remain. He's gonna have to play at least. This is a red shirt. I'm guessing a red shirt year for him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna probably be the starter in the next two years. We'll see what he can do. It's actually just, it's weird. Actually, no, Ewers or who are we talking about? Arch Manning. Yeah, it's his redshirt year. Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah. Ewers is I think is a junior, so I think he's eligible mm-hmm. for this year. Yeah, he's eligible. Well, technically, he's a sophomore because he transferred from Ohio State. But is a red redshirt sophomore? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, no, he's so. He's, 
he's a, he's a redshirt sophomore. So he's Here's up. my concern about Quinn Ewers, and I, I'm going to preface what I say with um, Kurt Herbstreit was on the Pat McAfee show, and he said one of the things that teams are looking at more and more is the number of games that guys are playing in college. And mm. having that kind of experience as a starter, playing significant games, you see more and you get to prepare – as of Monday, I think Quinn Ewers has only played 14 games as yeah. a college pro. Shador Sanders is at 17. Mm -hmm. Drake May is at 19, but he started right out of the gate. And so did Shador Sanders. But I think that's an, a thing that I'm a little concerned about for some of those guys because they don't have a ton of playing time mm -hmm. comparative to Caleb Williams, He's played 28 games. Jaden Daniels, 47. Penix Jr., 37. Bo Nix, 51. Sam Hartman, 53. Um, Those guys are old, though. Yeah. I mean, comparatively. Sam Hartman's going to be 25, I think. He's going to be 24 by the draft. But yeah. he's he's oh, he's long in the tooth. But you look at other guys, exactly. like, uh, I mean, I feel like there is some value in going after guys like that because they still have played a lot. And in reality, though, like the age thing doesn't bother me so much because if you think about it, like there's only one way this goes. Like there's only two ways this goes, really. They suck. You find somebody else. They're good. You have them for seven years. Yeah. I agree. Um, I mean, it's it's a little bit different than who was the guy that the Browns drafted who was 29. <laughs> oh, uh, Oklahoma State. Kid. Weed uh, man. Brandon Whedon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he <laughs> was 29. Stanford now, yeah. Fuck uh, so this is my thing about that. I, I prefer a younger quarterback only because if you take into account historics, right, the hit rate on those guys who are older is lower. But that's usually because either they redshirted because they had injuries, right? So they're either more injury prone or it's because they just – weren't very good and they had to wait a couple years until they had a good season like Kenny Pickett was older because he had 12 touchdowns in every season until his senior year yeah and it was his fifth season then he finally threw for like 30 touchdowns and he came out of the draft so that's why Caleb Williams is 21 right now he's gonna enter the league by 22 is because he's been really good he transferred from Oklahoma he was good that year and uh so that's that's where he is now but uh I also I, I'm not sure Shador Sanders is coming out. Um, if I'm him, I'm not. No, because no. it's it's pretty busy up at the top. You're probably going to have one, two, three, maybe four guys go in the first round. Yeah. Why be the fifth? Like yeah. why be the why be the be the one that somebody picks? And after that, you will lose out, right? Like yeah, I would stay for another year, get a little bit more seasoning. I don't know what the draft class for the next year looks like yet. I don't think it's as good. So why not be that guy? Why not be the number one in a bad year? Well, the... And that's and I think that's why also Dion basically kind of said it like earlier in the year that he's not coming out. Right. And also he's kind of starting to hit a hit a wall. Carl Ryle's just hitting a wall. But then like Travis Hunter will be there next year. Mm -hmm. So you get another year with him. I think it's just smart for him to go back to school um, and just like become the guy next year. But like – I, I honestly like Michael Penix is the one that kind of intrigues me the most. He is an older one too. He's already, I think 23. He's going to be um, 23 at the draft. Yeah, but he'll be 24. Uh, he's, he's almost 24. Um, 
He's he's he he's having a fucking year though, and like Washington Washington quarterbacks not really known um, to be like you know putting up these type of video game numbers that he's putting up. So and he's I think he's a lefty, right, Michael Penix? I want to say yes. Yeah. So he he's an intriguing guy, but uh, I, I the one the, the guy that stands out to me the most though that like I could be a wild card is McCarthy, like because he is just like I watched a couple Michigan like he's got it. He's got the ball placement. Like, he's an extremely efficient thrower. How do you watch Michigan games, though? Because they're just blowouts from the very get-go. and like. But that's the thing, though, is that, like, they're blowouts mainly because of how good McCarthy is. So, And the defense is obviously very good. Oh, yeah, they're just so stacked. It's insane. Yeah. My thing is with them is that they always have a pretty soft schedule. And they kind of get exposed when – shit really hits the fan. And I know that everyone is hyped about him, but they've played Minnesota, who's not good. Nebraska, who's not good. Rutgers, who's not good. Bowling Green, who's not good. And East Carolina and UNLV. Like, yeah. there's not a lot in there that says good. Challenging. And also, yeah. too, like, 14 for 20, 12 for 16, 15 for 21, 8 for 13, 22 for 25, like 77% completion percentage right now. I mean, he threw three picks against Bowling Green. Yeah, but I mean, those were I think those only interceptions the entire year. Yeah, but and it's he's Bowling first, Green. He's got a 93.6 QBR, which is first in college football among goal quarterbacks. Yeah, but they've played fucking nobody, though. But that's the thing, though. So, like, the, the, the tail end of the schedule is going to be the, the thing for him, obviously, because I think Penn State on the 11th and then Ohio State on the 25th is going to be the thing. Like, the, the Michigan-Ohio State game, which I'm looking forward to this year. Um, that's going to be the true test for him. So I, I honestly like again like I, I'm that's why I'm just like saying I'm unsure about him because like he looks really good and he looks like he he's gotten better every year and also by the way he's not even 21 yet he's one of the younger prospects in this class um, I like him a lot but I'm just I'm not sure about him to where I'm more sure about guys like obviously like Caleb or Drake May um, Drake May even though like not having the year that I think a lot of people expected him to have. His yards were there. It's just the passing touchdowns weren't. But don't worry. They played Syracuse. Everything is right as rain. <laughs> he, he, but, I'm, but I'm telling you, though, he reminds me a lot of Justin Herbert. He's having, like, that last – that junior year that Justin Herbert had. And, like, you know, it just doesn't look great. But, like, you look at him and, like, he's toolsy. He's got everything you want. And, like, he, he's one of those guys who could end up sliding. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, we fucked up. <laughs> you know, we should have just took him. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like um, UNC is going to go on a roll pretty soon because they had some weird games in the beginning. They always – first off, the best game in college football is the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, which is North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina. They won that game. App State always plays them hard, and I think it took them a little bit to kind of figure some things out. But, I, I mean, he had a – he had a get right game against Syracuse. He was insane. They they play Miami, which I think is a 730 game. Georgia Tech will be a good one for him. And Duke, Clemson, NC State, like they have good games on their schedule. And again, like 
as a freshman, I think he threw for three, 4,000 yards as a freshman. Can't really hate on that. No, uh, it's just, it's just sad. Cause he was going to be, a high, I mean, his QBR is 85.6. He's he's that's ninth uh, best in college football. He's throwing 72%, which is way higher than he was last year at 66. So yeah. like the numbers look good. I think the touchdowns and the inter- the interceptions, he's like, he's got, he got four on the year. He had seven all of last year. I think the numbers just look a little weird, but like he's still playing well. And I think that's why like it may kind of like, come back to bite some of these teams in the end that like, if they, if they doubt him, he's got everything you want. Um, he looks, he looks like a guy. That's why I was saying like between Caleb and him, like those are the, like, I think Daniels is close and, and could end up having that type of year, but like, those are the guys you want. Yeah. I would not be shocked if it's kind of like a pick them by, by the time the draft rolls around between Drake, main Jaden Daniels. I don't think so. Really? I think it's Caleb by a mile. No, no, no. Uh, between Drake May and Jaden Daniels is for that number two. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me because Daniels has played really, really well, and like it's just like he's also like you said, he's got a lot of game experience. Um, so like for like for anybody that's kind of like, well, I'd rather get a guy who has that experience and that progression. Like obviously, it also Jaden Daniels started at Arizona State, playing under fucking Herm Edwards. You know that was a mess over there. Bring him over to LSU and he like again with Brian Kelly, you know, it's been kind of a up and down so far. But like last year, he's already eclipsed his touchdown total from last year. Um, and also his career high. He's already had a career high. He only got two interceptions on the season. So he looks good. Yeah. I mean, that team has been kind of up and down, but he has not. He's been the best thing on that team. By far. Yeah. LSU is just garbage this year so yeah i just my fear is that teams are going to try to outsmart themselves and they're going to like reach for somebody and teams do that all the time though yeah but i feel like somebody's gonna be like you know what would be awesome if we didn't draft caleb williams and we got like riley leonard because he's just a hard worker i don't want to do quarterback ever again (laughs) giants giants have taken two do quarterbacks in the first round I am done with two quarterbacks. I don't care if Riley Leonard ends up becoming the next fucking Tom Brady. No, thank you. Yeah, I think you've seen enough. I've seen enough. Um, There's one guy in here that, like, always has impressed me from, like, a physical stature standpoint, but just never played, and that's Joe Milton from Tennessee. No, thank you. Like, 6'5", 245, like, that's, that's Anthony Richardson, like, size. And can run, can throw, and it's just like my man has just never put it together. He might be the oldest guy by the draft. Joe Milton is going to be one of those guys who probably gets overdrafted because of the Anthony Richardson thing, and then people yeah. are going to be like, "Oh, we we did not get Anthony Richardson. We got like Anthony Richardson's like we got Anthony Richardson at home, and that's Anthony Richardson at home." Um. <laughs> yeah, you you ended up just drafting a guy who's been in college for seven years. Without a doctorate. Gato, we've talked for a long time. What do you think? I think continue talking for a long time. Okay. Um, Yeah. 
I I actually I was thinking about I didn't I didn't get into the point earlier though because I think you were saying you like older um, quarterbacks coming coming into the draft. Um, I actually do prefer a younger quarterback, just for the just for the fact that when when you come into the league, you're just you're continuing at that time when you're most likely to learn new skills and gain um, those abilities, and I think. If you come into the league and you grow with it, the longer you have to go through the the youth part of your career uh, doing that, the the faster you'll be on a trajectory, right? Like it's it's a curve, right? And it gets exponentially. <laughs> oh, <Aho>, drink. <laughs> <laughs> tell you right now i'm over the taylor swift stuff i'm done with it i i think that's the general consensus among um nfl fans um it's not adding anything to my viewing experience it's just a thing that's there yeah no i mean i'm i'm telling you like the hypothetical here of like you know critical playoff games and fans can't get to the game because taylor swift's gonna be in the house and swifties are out paying them for those tickets and they're not getting into the game. It's going to be a real scenario. Probably will end up biting Kansas city in the ass. And that's already a packed stadium too. So to add just more problematic stuff to it, I love how the NFL is like leaning into it too, where they're like trying to promote the Taylor Swift now goes to NFL games and they're trying to like bring an entire new fan base. And it's just, but you don't need to. But this is this is the quintessential um, square in a circle, uh, a square peg in a circle hole. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, um, it just doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Like it's, these aren't. They're only there for one thing. Yeah, and and that's the thing. They are. You're right, Mario. They're making they're making money. They could care less, right? But I, it just. It's gonna give people a distaste, I think, in the end with with all of that, and they're just gonna get Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's too much. It's like uh, literally, I've seen her at least six or seven times, and it's like the game hasn't. Like, how many times are you also during the game are you gonna flash her? I get it's the popularity thing, but like, come on, man, it's annoying at this point. Yeah, we're done with it. All right, fellas, what else you got? Should we? Um... Do a quick breakdown who we think's winning this week. Let's do it. Uh, Chiefs by a million. Yes. A milli, <laughs> a milli, a milli. <laughs> I, 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 I think the Broncos eventually win some games. This is not going to be the one. What do you no. think the, the differential is going to be, though? Like, let's do it that way. Like, we, I think we're all in agreement that Kansas City is going to win, but like, is it going to be a big win? Is it going to be a little win? Is it going to be a moderate win? So, the line on this is game, it going to be a grower, not a shower? Like, you tell me. So, the line on this game currently, let me see. It was an 11 and a half or something stupid. Uh, we will see in a sec. Um, It is ten and a half currently. Ten and a half. I am taking that. I'm taking the Chiefs with the ten and a half easy. Um, 
Honestly, I think probably I think they easily win by two by fourteen. Maybe you know I'm gonna I'll go with seventeen. I'm I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go, go with the 17. under just because yes, I do think that the Broncos will lose. However, they have lost close in most of these matchups. So I think it's I think it's within a score. Broncos are trying to end a 15 game losing streak. Um, so they became the new against the Chiefs. Hammer oh, the over. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's 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 like they're in Arrowhead too. Like they're yeah. not even in Denver. It's fucking Jover at this point. <laughs> it's Jover. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, this is going to be a massacre. I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close, especially because the Chiefs have been kind of middling the last few weeks. Um, I think this is going to be a blowout game. Nah, Mario. Nah. <laughs> not right Not right here, Potna. I hope so. Here. I hope Pat Mahomes throws zero touchdowns in this game. Um, but, yeah, no, I just, I, he's going he's gonna to fucking destroy them. So, How do you think um, Russell Wilson plays, though? Do you think it's going to be – Honestly, like – People he's, keep saying he sucks, and I'm like, I don't know what you're seeing. Well, he's he not was, winning. That's the problem. Well, that's the thing is that that's, like, but also the, the the Broncos are on a track to be the worst defense in NFL history right now. So like, I don't think you could really blame it on Russell Wilson. He's not Russell Wilson of old, but he's been much better than people give him credit for. He's got 11 touchdowns and two picks. Like he's yeah. He's I mean, on pace I for over 30 touchdowns. The Browns would take that at this point. I mean, right now. He's he's yeah, like cooking good. grilled cheese though, right? Like that's Broncos like... country. That's right. <laughs> at, some, at some he's... point, right. you need a good grilled ches in your life. So I'm not going to hate on that. He's uh, I think he's he's a little bit more focused in the kitchen, kissing less babies. So <laughs> I think that's that's kind of what it's coming down to, right? Uh, we have a, another London game to Yay. start your Sunday off wrong. Uh, Ravens at Tennessee Titans. What's the spread on that? Not even really an app, right? It's they're they're kind of just somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't really get that one. Um, because anybody could show up. Like uh, last week, actually, Bills Mafia uh, took over and kind of stormed London, which must have been the scariest fucking thing for London that has happened in a long time. (laughs) Except London has very expensive tables and. Like, they're all breaking the table over that chat. Uh, Ravens, Ravens minus four against the Tennessee Titans. This is a get right game for the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, they, they dropped a lot of passes last week. I think the Ravens with the with minus four. I, I, I tend to agree with you. The only thing is, I don't trust if I was a betting man, I wouldn't trust anything on this line just for the fact that. It's it could go either way with these London games. It, you see teams that mm-hmm. should be out. I mean, True. the Jaguars got handedly outperformed last week. Granted that their defense is probably one of the most injured in the NFL right now. Uh, I think uh, four or five p- players last week and the week before that there was another four or five that yeah. were injured. So they're really they're really uh, bumped up right now. Tom. Um. I think the Ravens win. I don't love the Lamar Jackson slander that everybody is on to now um, because that seven people drop or there's seven drop passes in that game. And everyone's like, oh, the fumble at the end. I'm like, should have never been that fucking close to begin with. No, no. And I think Lamar is a fantastic quarterback. Hopefully the receivers show up. 
Hopefully yeah. Zay Flowers gets more touches, but I think Baltimore wins by seven. Yeah. 49ers minus 10 over the Browns. Next. I, I, I don't Next. I, yeah, I don't I think we all taking the Niners there. I don't I don't I'm not scared. Hammer I'm not over. scared of the weather. Hammer that over. I'm not scared of the spread. Dol- and again, another one. We got the Dolphins and the Panthers. This is a big one. 13 and a half. I'm taking I'm taking the Dolphins, though. I don't care. I, Panthers are lifeless. Um, I think <laughs> I, I think Raheem Mostert scores three touchdowns in this game. Not concerned. Where are they playing? They're playing Miami. in Miami. Miami. Like it matters, but yeah. like at least Carolina will be able to like I don't know see the sun. Vikings Bears. The Vikings are three point favorites. I'm gonna take the Bears. Um, honestly, I think they're kind of getting hot. Kirk doesn't have Justin Jefferson. I think this is a high scoring game. It's the over under is 44. I take the over in that. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I, I'm going to take the Bears at home. I'm going to take the Bears as well. I think this also might be the game where you see that backup halfback that everybody was talking about during fantasy drafts finally get some some rushing attempts because I don't think Khalil Herbert's going to play. Rashawn Johnson's probably not going to play either. He uh, had a concussion last week, and he's not practicing still. So, so is it then Dante, Dante Foreman? Foreman? Yeah. The guy who was a healthy fucking scratch. I know. It's crazy. But he was good last year. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, got him? I'm not letting past performance dictate what I think is going to happen this week. I, I definitely don't think that the fact that Justin Jefferson is off this field is going to necessarily be an end-all for the Vikings. That's true. Um, they have talent on that team. They just haven't figured out how to fully get it all firing at once. Yeah. And there is an opportunity for them. They're going up against a division rival. Um, a bad defense, is, too, by the way. Don't let the uh, Commandos game fool you. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot of weird that just happened last Thursday. And, and for the Vikings, this could be a game that means a lot to them, considering what it would mean to them to lose, right? Yeah. And where the, the Bears are already kind of self-titled train wreck right like they'll take that title if they lose to the fucking bears yeah so uh that's why i'm going with you mario vikings uh Bengals three-point favorites at home against the seahawks i'm gonna take the Bengals here i think at the home I'm, it's a pretty much a pick em game um i'm gonna take the Bengals. i think that i think the seahawks pass defense is not good enough to hold up uh with uh i think burrow this is another good game for them to kind of stack so uh, I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I I think this is could be the most interesting game of the week. It is. It's very intriguing. Two very good teams that have not, you know, performed as well as you'd hoped. Yeah, I like the Seahawks in this one. Because yeah, I, it's close I, I'm, one. I'm I'm, st- I'm not. A, I I still need to see another week of Joe Burrow playing like old Joe Burrow before I'm like ready to get hurt again. I'm taking the over though. It's 45. Is this is the over under? I'll take the over on that. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think it's gonna be lower because it's it's not far from Cleveland, so that whole weather thing is not that's gonna true. be much different. Yeah, that's a good point. Got a shot. And I am also going Seahawks on this one. I'm standing by myself. It's okay. Uh, Colts, four-point dogs to the Jags. Uh, Jags are at home. Obviously, no Richardson in this game. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they cover it. Jacksonville Jaguars looking sharp last week. I think they're going to continue on that trend. Um, They're getting to that place. I think people thought they were going to be early in the season. 
Um, Trevor Lawrence last week, just watching his performance, he was putting the ball where it needed to be on those plays, and he was making it happen. And that was against, again, a very talented Bills team. Granted, they are pretty knocked around. They had jet lag. He still he still was performing quite well. This is going to be a big game because obviously these two play in the same division, but it'll be to determine who is the one that leads the division. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the Jags. I think it's going to be a lot of Travis Etienne in this game. I hope so. Oh, is he um, on your team? Yeah, he's one of my one of my uh, big my big leads. I hope the bathroom stall lock breaks and he can't get out. <laughs> All right. Well, on that in. note, on he's that note, hurt. Tom, he's not hurt. Nothing's wrong. He's just the guy from fucking. Um, yeah. On that Rookie note, Tom, who's, who's cheering from the cage? Atlanta Falcons two and a half point favorites to the Commandos. Commandos. Desmond Ritter does not lose at home. Give me the Falcons. Yeah, but he doesn't play well. He doesn't lose at home. He hasn't lost at home in his career. Atlanta Falcons are home. I'm taking taking Falcons. Some people are saying this is a good game. Others are not. <laughs> oh, some people tell me this is a good game. Desmond Ritter. I, I, I look what at it. Never lose at home. Never lost. Never <laughs> won. Don't let CNN tell you he problem lost. With that Never did. Do. Problem with stats like that is those are ones that are meant to end. Right. Well, Trends thankfully like it's that, the commanders. Thankfully it's the commanders, and they suck. So I expect that this. But is game. I would also say I think I think Atlanta wins this one out as well. Q, I'm with yeah. you on this one. Two and um, a half points. I I think I think this is a big day actually for the Atlanta defense. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't have anything to really back that up. I think. Um, there might just be some issues that the Mandos are coming to make sense with that they got to figure out right now or if they're tanking i don't know what's can going on a, here can i ask a quick question i'm looking at the injury report what does ir dash r mean uh injured reserve with destination to return yeah oh, okay injured reserve definitely reserved um so here's the thing as a fan of the mandos what do i want to happen um do i want to see them win sure do I want to see Jack Del Rio fired and then thrown into the Potomac River? That would also be great. Do I want to see Ron Rivera and his fail son, who's the linebackers coach, also be thrown into the Potomac? Can we get a three-for-one deal? Um, How many sharks swim in the Potomac? I think they have a lot of octopus in there. Um, so I think... This is a this is a must-win game for Washington because Jack Del Rio is effectively coaching for his job as a defensive coordinator. He has not been good. The defense has not been good at all this year. They get pressure, but only because fucking Chase Young, that's the only thing he's doing right now. Everything else has been bad. Linebackers have been bad. So I want them to win. I hope it's a game where like the offense plays well and the defense lets them down because I'm going to take the Falcons. Because I want to show, like, Eric Eric enemy side of the ball is fucking fine. It's the guy who believes in QAnon and giants that the U.S. Army killed in the Korengal Valley. Like, that's the fucking guy who's running the defense. This fucking guy. Uh, Texans are one-and-a-half-point dogs to the New Orleans Saints at home. I don't care. I'm taking the Saints. I, I know they've been not being good, like, offensively, but, like – 
I, it just just feels like a game where defense is going to win out, and I trust the Saints defense more than I trust the Texans. Isn't defense. isn't um, Texans uh, Tank Dell Tank Dell's hurting, right? He is not going to play. He's not uh, going to play. Uh, I think is Nico Collins um, still kind of hurting. I, I think he's, he's going to play. He's, he's not. Yeah, he's he's going to play. He's um, going to play, but still kind of banged around. Um, that Saints defense has actually been remarkably good. Yeah. Um, all things considered. So I'm, I'm with you saints on this one. I'm going to go Houston. Cause I think CJ Stroud is going to be the one that has it's a, to it's a tough win. one. It's, it's a pick them. So, I mean, you and know, honestly, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for people at this point. Like I want to see CJ yeah. Stroud. do Love well. CJ yeah. Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know what? And he's, I think he's impressed a lot of people that had doubts about him going into the year. Really um, dumb doubts too. Like, yeah, it was. It was like up right at the I think line. it was just reasoning for people to feel it was good the, about it was the Bryce Young score draft like, and who gives a shit all about that. that. Um, Raiders three point favorites <sighs> against the Patriots. I'm taking the Raiders. Josh McDaniels revenge game. Is this the game of the week? And I mean W E A K. <laughs> like this is just. Two, two idiots fighting each other. Oh, this God. game is going to go into overtime, and they can't end it that way. So it's going to be Bill o- Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels, the two fail son offense coordinators. They have to have a slap fight in the middle of the field. I was going to say it's like uh, the is it the big visor energy or sleeveless energy that wins this one here. Oh God! Like it's it's kind how of a you, depressing game. How do you go your co- entire professional career wearing a fucking visor? I don't know. Has don't no know, one but, not told him that they only sold him a part of it? But hat? like he he wears he wears a visor indoors. Like he wears he wears the a visor, visor stays on during sex, by the way. Yeah, it, it might be sewn <laughs> onto his head. Like there is there's good reason to believe this. They just point. spray painted a different color every team he, he goes the to. Reason, the only reason he wears that is so that he doesn't get got to be glue gel in his eyes. <laughs> the only reason he wears Jesus. this. Oh my god. Um, Everybody, I'm, team I'm, Raiders on that. I'm, I'm Big Daddy Bill, though, one hundred percent. Big Daddy Bill. Okay. Uh, Jets are seven point dogs at home to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, That's low. Smash, smash <laughs> the Eagles on that one. I, I, I think they keep it rolling here. I don't, I'm not really concerned about the spread on that at all. Isn't Isn't Sauce dead? Didn't he die last week? Sauce got sauced. He got. He got ladled in sauce, if that's the case. Where do you guys stand on that? That makes me uncomfortable. Um, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a lovely day in East, East Rutherford. I'm hoping that they'll have the ski resort open at that time to give somebody, give <laughs> people other things to do. Here's the thing is I hope Zach Wilson plays well. That's it. Like, they're going to lose. I hope Reese Hall has a big fucking game. You starting Zach Wilson? Is that what it is? No, but you know he's a he's soaked for a lot of his career. So soaking. I hope Brees Hall has like another like nineteen carry, one hundred and ninety yard game. That would be lovely. <clears throat> and Garrett Wilson doesn't just like walk into the swamp and then not come up for air. Your support of the Mormon community confuses me. <laughs> Gato, is this a question? Eagles. Is it? Is it even like? Should I even dignify? Nope. 
I we'll, mean, we'll mark it down on. for the Eagles. It's it, it, girls. They might they might have to call in like the SWAT team because this is gonna be a fucking call an ambulance, call an ambulance, but not for me, not for me. Um, Rams seven point favorites against the Cardinals at home. Cup where Cup is back. Cardinals don't got killers taking the Rams. Divisional matchup. They're gonna come to play on this one. Yeah, Rams. Rams have held it together pretty tight. Um, they've been well composed. Cardinals less composed, even though they've done a good job of staying composed, looking like the loser team. A lot of composure. Yeah, so much composure. This is the most right, composed match of the week. Keep our composure. Here's um, the thing: is if James Conner was playing, I would be a little bit more interested, but he's not. So yeah, he's the key to that pace of game here, and that's yeah. they're lacking it. Um, Tampa Tampa Bay three point dogs to the Detroit Lions at home. Um, I think if this spread if this spread was higher for the Lions, I think I'd be more like eh, I don't know. But three sounds right. Three points for me. I'm taking the Lions pretty easily. I think they I think they run the ball early and just kind of dominate that way. Yeah. Hmm. I think I think Dan Campbell is gonna come out and he's just gonna eat an entire live gazelle on that sideline. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna bite some knee, he's gonna bite player. some kneecaps. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be full lions mode here. He's gonna bite some kneecaps and yeah, and he's gonna put the fear of god in a baker. Tom, I, um, I'm gonna go Tampa on this one. Because Baker Mayfield, so I hope so. Because you can say that Dan Campbell is going to cannibalize somebody, but that Tampa defense has actually cannibalized people. They've only given up 68 points this year. Yeah, they are good. Uh, next one Buffalo Bills, 14 and a half point favorites against the Giants at home. Hammer Bills. the over. Bills, 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 Bills. Bills My God. Bills, Bills, Bills. Bills. I got Bills, bills to price. pay, and the Giants ain't going to pay them. Take Put those Bills. Way. Take those Bills. Tom, Bills. Yeah, I think bills. that's pretty obvious. Yeah. 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 The, the Bulls going to be eating a big shit sandwich from his old team. And honestly, this is a nice game for them to come back to because they lost Matt Milano for yep. the year. Tredavious and, White, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they got roughed up. Chargers two point dogs on Monday night against the Cowboys. So unnecessary. I'm going to take the Chargers. I think the Cowboys are overrated on offense. Their defense is legit. Austin Eckler is back this week. I'm taking the Chargers. One of the sweet things about spending the past week in Texas was watching the sad disappointment faces (laughs) on Cowboys fans. And they have already decided the season's over now. They were mopping up spills in bars with fucking Prescott jerseys. They were smashing out his autographs and ripping them to shreds, burning them on site. Um, they Sounds like a very have, normal, like, sane fan base. Yeah, it's it really is. Um, they have altogether written off this offense, um, and I think I have too. Um, it's just not... They don't have they don't have a size back, right? There's no like risk. There's no right? risk. And they've had this problem all all year. It's just that they're they they've hit teams that they know for a fact they can't fucking beat. Right. And 
I just I don't think that like they can hold the pace with the um the electric offense of the Chargers. I mean, they put up points and they really don't off, know. the Chargers? The Dallas Cowboys have scored 134 points. The the Chargers 110. Really? Yeah. Feels like more. Well, I mean, feels like the, more. Well, the, oh, Giants, they play the Cowboys week, also though. faced the Jets and the Giants, so yeah, and they didn't play last week. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking Chargers. Big time. Here's the thing. Uh-oh. What would make <laughs> Cowboys fans' life more miserable? To lose this game or to win this game to lose another one later? Like, I want to string them along as long as mm. possible. I want them yeah. to, like... Extend the pain a little bit. Yeah, like I want them to have that like neurotic, like I don't know what to believe that anymore. Roller coaster. Yeah, I want everyone in the DFW's like general radius, the metro area, to have like high blood pressure brought on by those Cowboys. <laughs> I so, can't wait to be across the street from our from the fucking stadium when they lose this one too. It's gonna be a good time. Though it's in chart. It's in it's in uh, San Diego, right? Uh, yes. Well, Inglewood, yeah. California, so LA. Kind yeah, of. they're they're at home. So. <laughs> yes, I think Dallas wins only to prolong their suffering. That sounds like a Dallas Cowboy thing. Yeah, like oh, we're so back. <laughs> and then they then they go into November and get fucking. Tanked. Their red zone offense is atrocious. I I'm not concerned about that. Who is their offensive coordinator now? Uh, their offensive coordinator. I, I always forget this guy. Probably because he's forgettable. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's shoddy. Oh, that's right. They replaced oh, Kellen Moore st- with Brian Schottenheimer. Congratulations, oh, you guys. Are fucking people. morons. Yeah. They scapegoated with Kellen Moore because he was the fucking problem, clearly. They, they filled it with a walk. You know what? That makes shit. Cowboys my asshole of the week. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, should be because it's stupid. On auto. Is this the last year that Mike McCarthy has there yeah. to play D and D football? Yeah, because if because if they if they like don't even make the playoffs, they're like, what's the fucking point? The thing yeah. is, though, is they're only three and two. Like they have a winning record. Like they got a tough schedule. The entire NFC East has a tough schedule this year, so it's not going to get easier for them. I think we're facing the with the NFC North and the AFC West. NFC NFC West. Yeah, like, it's not easy. So, NFC West, AFC East. Okay, AFC East. Oh, that's so, close. Bills, <laughs> so, Philly, New York, Carolina, Washington, Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami. They still got to play Philly twice. That's yeah. two L's to the Dome. Then they yeah. played Detroit, too. Yeah. And then Washington, Week 18, which we all remember how that went. Yep. Batches. They're cooked. They're done. Goosed. Joe over. Joe over. Assholes? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to start. I will start. If I have to hear another goddamn thing about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, I'm going to go crazy. What happened with them? She apparently came out and voluntarily forced up the information that her and Will Smith have been separated since 2016, like basically divorced. And it's just so funny that like this man literally slapped another man on live television during the Oscars to defend her honor. And every chance she gets, she throws this guy in the mud. 
everything I've learned about that couple has been through like torture and for it's been forced upon me. I'm so tired of hearing like every few months I feel like I have to hear another thing come from Jada Pinkett about how Will Smith is a bitch. And like it's just so annoying. It's I, I keep hearing more and more about it. She's like and like smiling through the entire interview. It's just like ugh, just gross. Yeah. Can he's, been, he's banned from the Oscars because of that. Forever. He's a nice guy too. Does anyone really care? No, but it's like it's it's. I, I feel like I constantly see it and it annoys me. Like because like she's always volunteering information that clearly should be private between two people. Yeah, it's like they're taking parts of their petty war public and the paparazzi eat it up because we have nothing better to do. Clearly, yeah. Is was it on her show? No, it was some interview she was giving. She has a show. Yeah. Hmm. Because she uh, she voluntarily provides a lot of fucking information on a show like that. Yeah, it's stupid. It's cool. <laughs> Lame. Got it. What you got? Uh, you know, I, I think I, I'm gonna just take a little aim at uh, ESPN here for a second. Um, so they've been talking a lot about a young hockey prospect in Connor Bedard and making him sound like hockey Jesus. And there's very good reason to believe that he will be or is the future, you know, Mario or Gretzky. There's there is definitely some some things to note about him. But the way in which they are just setting him up to look like a goon on their show feels like a smear campaign. Yeah. And they do this with a lot of players. Um, it just seems so unwarranted over and over again to do this. It's 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 like let you know let the man cook a little bit here, right? You know, like let's see what he's actually capable of before we just put this all on on him. You know, and um, I just get kind of sick of it after a while, and it, it kind of annoying me because he's definitely exciting, but that team around him is still kind of doo-doo cheeks and you know they're they haven't done enough to to establish themselves as a team that he can win behind and you know everybody ESPN tries forgets. to bury everybody yeah. tries to bury these rookie quarterbacks early so yeah and and like this this guy you know like he's he's gonna be the face of this failing franchise now coming in like all he's done is get drafted and he's gonna play his ass off you know and I'm guaranteeing plenty of Plenty of goals scored. He's going to make a positive impact for that team. But, you know, he's like the Blackhawks are still bad. <laughs> you know so. what's funny? And I'm surprised you didn't mention this, but ESPN put up a graphic, Gatto. And I I, I can totally understand what you're saying because I, I might have missed the graphic. I walked into the gym this morning and it was just all Connor Bedard, like fucking highlights. And I'm like, it's like 8% of your viewers care about this. Um, but they had a graphic up that was like Wayne Gretzky career goals, 894 Connor Bedard, like one, like, really? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Who on like the editing floor is like, you know, it'd be a sick graphic this <laughs> and the supervisor's like, send it. 
If he plays 836 more games, he might be oh, able to keep it. so dumb. I was it's like, what is dumb. wrong with you people? Ugh. ESPN is so thirsty to get, like, content, they're willing to put that shit up. When, like, that, a graphic like that has, like, the representative IQ of, like, three. Yeah. It, it, ESPN, um, I believe there was something about them also losing rights to f- some football games in the future or something. They, their shares are down or something where they're not going to be able to pay or they're going to be in the hole, bigger in the hole for, for what they got. I, I forget what like they, they're just mismanaging everything left and right. No, it's not a shock being a Disney product. Um, it's just my God. Like, so were, were they college football games? Maybe that's what it was. Um, yeah, because ESPN was the ones who basically like nuked the Pac-12. So I would not be shocked as to why they're going to lose games. Fucking idiots. Justice for the Pac-12. Justice for the Pac-12. Rest in peace, sir. Anything else, Gato? You good? No, that's it. Okay. Tom, give, um, us, give it to us. My asshole of the week is going to be none other than the representative from South Carolina, Nancy Mace. Dumbest fucking person in Congress. And trust me, there's a lot of them. Uh, the other day, she walked, title. <laughs> she walked into the hallway in the halls of Congress wearing a shirt that had a red letter A on it, trying to make the, like, notion. Yes. Trying to, oh. like, make the notion that she is a independent voice and... She doesn't listen to inside the beltway. She's not like an insider that she's making choices for the American people. I am. I would bet my entire fucking 401k that she has never read that goddamn book in her life. For those who don't know, the Scarlet Letter was written about the Puritans and Hester Prynne, who's the main character of that book. The reason why she's forced to wear a Scarlet Letter A on her every piece of clothing that she has is not because she's an outsider from like Plymouth or she doesn't listen to what the insiders are telling her. The A stands for adulterer. She had a child out of wedlock and she's being punished by the village because she disgraced her name. So I don't understand what Nancy Mace is trying to like allude to. Are you an adulterer? Are you a Puritan? Have you been like, are you cool with? I, I just don't understand it. She's a fucking idiot. Like, doesn't make any sense to me. Shame on her for thinking that she can pull one over on everybody who like sat and was awake for like junior year English class in high school. She's fucking stupid. My asshole of the week. Congratulations. Nancy I, I'm going to have a, a hotter take on this, though. I'm going to say that she was on one of her flights to D.C. and she saw the um, the, Emma the Demi Stone, Moore one. I was going to say the Emmy, Emma Stone, no, the Emma Stone uh, movie Easy A, where she Good, starts solid, wearing solid one movie, in, by the way, fantastic film for the record. <laughs> and, and that's where she got this idea to um, turn a very bad fashion statement into a political statement um yeah it's dumb it's always it's always a gimmick with these people man they just yeah. 
Like, just say it. Just say what you mean. We the appreciate thing, that better. It's like, political. It's, it's 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 like the WWE now. Because like no one's gonna go up to her and be like, "Excuse me, ma'am. Like, why are you wearing an A on your shirt? Are you an adulterer?" And then she doesn't understand. <laughs> She's like, "Of course I am." But that's not the that's not the matter at hand. Clearly doesn't oh. get clearly doesn't get the concept. She doesn't. Hang on. Let me see if I can find the quote. Um, because. I listened to it a couple of times. I'm like, none of this makes any sense. It's like, not even like you need a doesn't prompt have to, to it's, like it's political theater. It's not even like you need a prompt to get like reporters to report something like this. You literally tell one of them to ask you this question at so and so a time, and they do, and then they write about it. It doesn't need to be like drawn out dramatically. Like, is this your version of showmanship? I don't get it. Yeah, just. The direct quote is, I'm wearing the scarlet letter after the week I just had being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. I will do the right thing every single time, no matter the consequences. Nobody's demonizing you. Like, relax, lady. I mean, and maybe the, the, whole, the whole I, I'm not an insider to D.C., like. Motherfucker took $1.8 million in pack money. Don't tell that me. Sounds that sounds insider. insider. You ever see the meme where they have like the boot on their head? Yes. And being forced down and all of a sudden and, it's, up, the, and it's like, the, it's them pushing it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I, just, I screamed when I saw that. God. Okay, I'm done. Who's got picks? Picks, picks, picks. I'll go again. Okay. For anybody who can't see. Nope. We, we can't see that. We can't. You got to turn off your... Uh... Your right. background. You can just tell us what it is. Yeah. No, I got. I have to show you. Show me. Is it the loaf of bread behind you? Sunny, Sunny D vodka seltzer. Oh boy. Talk about summertime. That's not guys. aimed at kids. Getting blacked out on Sunny D vodka seltzers. <laughs> Come on. Is it good? Do, yes. Who is Sunny and really? why blacking out yeah. on D? Yeah. And and I, it's like nostalgic too, so it's like, how could oh, you? Oh, know? so it tastes like bootleg tang. Got it. <laughs> Don't you want to embrace your childhood and your adulthood at the same time? Dude, that shit always gave me a scratchy throat. Yeah, it was too sweet. It was way too fucking sweet. This is only like I, I think this is only yeah, it's ninety five calories, zero sugar. So, wow, it's it's less than a like a Trulies or a uh, a White Claw. Yeah, yeah, they're 100 calories, so yeah. Look at that. Discount. It's also gluten-free, guys. Just <laughs> Discount on your 21st. Oh, whoa. Sunny <laughs> day. Guys. I couldn't Stop believe Stop the presses, they... it's gluten-free. <laughs> I so, couldn't believe that they make Sunny So Q's just, been, Q's just been going around town doing things, fucking chugging that shit. When anybody asks him, like, sir, sir, you need to, you, need, you can't be drinking here. You're like, it's Sunny Day. It's Sunny Day. <laughs> I'm a child, sir. Okay. That was definitely aimed at like soccer moms that have to go it's sunny <laughs> sit on the sidelines every every weekend in October. Who cares? It's just Sunny then, D, guys. Relax. <laughs> Adult Sunny D, kids Sunny D. <laughs> yeah. We well, both drink so. at halftime now. <laughs> That's the one where you really need to make sure you you're pulling the right container out of the fridge. Right. I would have really appreciated if it was like in a Capri, like Capri Sun should get into the game, but do it in the pouches. Everyone should. 
Yeah, everyone. Like should those Kool Aid making... jammers. You remember those Kool Aid jammers? Make vodka Kool Aid jammers. High C Ecto Cooler, but yes. with just tequila in it. Yes. <laughs> now you're fucking cooking, man. Come on. No, I oh, want Devil no. Springs in that. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh God. Goodness now you're gracious. fucking cooking. Um. So what about I'll... just gushers filled with vodka? They have that, don't they? Brilliant. Do they? they? Have, they... Well, they have like chocolates filled with booze. Yeah, those little liqueur bottles. Yeah, have you ever tried to get drunk off those? Yeah, I mean it's brandy. But like, have you ever been successful? No, because I think I get like a headache and pass out first. Yeah, I mean you you get into like diabetic shock after like twenty <laughs> of them. <laughs> <laughs> For good fucking reason, my God. God damn, degenerates. Gotta what you got. <laughs> uh you can't drink my pick um but you Damn. can read it um it is it is called uh my brain is taking a shit uh football is a numbers game by matthew collar he's a um he's a beat writer for the minnesota vikings um it is the history and the kind of the impact that PFF had on the game of football. Um, I'm only a few chapters in, but it's pretty interesting. It's about how basically a man with an obsession over football statistics in England found other people in a community to create what is now known as PFF um, and to bring advanced statistics to the NFL that have altered the way the game is played um and it's so far it's been a pretty interesting story just hearing that and finding the unlikely background to how this all began in the first place um but knowing what pff has become and how important they have become to the game of football um it, it just seems you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where else this you know insider story takes us so um so far so good uh i'll report back with more if you guys are interested at a later time. Yeah. Um, but that is my pick. Hey, man, holler at us. For sure. Holler at me. Word. Um, so my pick of the week, I'm not sure about it. And I think I was going to use this time to, to recruit you all into watching this movie. Oh, um, I Where watched... Coming from? I don't know, but I'm not mad at him. I watched the film <laughs> Reptile over the weekend with Benicio uh, Del Toro yeah. and Alicia Silverstone and Justin Timberlake. It looks weird. I don't know how I feel about this movie. Like, there are parts of it that I liked, parts of it that were like, what are we doing here? And it was, it was long, too. It was like two and a half hours. It looked weird. You've seen it? You've seen it? I've watched it, yeah. Um, Hugh, you ain't watch it? No, I said I watched the trailer and it looked weird. Okay. Sorry, so man. so I think the thing for me is like the story is really interesting. I liked it, but it just it it took a very, very long time to get there. And I again, like I watched it with M and we're like we both looked at each other at the end and we're like, I don't know if we liked that or didn't like it. <laughs> so I mean it has good actors and performer and actresses in it. I would encourage everyone to watch it and then let me know how they feel about it because I'm not somebody who can be swayed by public opinion all the time, but I need someone to like 
affirm one side of my brain, whether like this was not bad or like, no, this was not good. Hmm. Uh, Tom, I think I'm with you on this one. Um, Have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it. And and my take on this is that yes, you have some great acting that's happening in this. Uh, the story, to me though, is not realistic or tangible, right? Like there's like gaps that like if you're not like enamored by the like the quality of acting, you're gonna question it, right? Like if it was bad acting, the dialogue's good. Don't get me yeah. wrong. The conversations being had, the scenes. Like, that's good. But I think that the plot itself has flaws or holes that kind of... I would agree detract. with you. I would agree with you. I think if you, like, broke this movie down and you watched, like, individual scenes, they would be good. But altogether, they don't really make sense or they're kind of out of order. And I understand like the premise of the film. I think the premise is good, but the underlying plot to all of it doesn't like get where it's supposed to go. Doesn't mm -hmm. so and it takes a long time to get there. It in takes a, weird a way. very long time to get there. So I think that's where I'm like, this the best way to describe this movie is like it's a problematic wood. <laughs> like, not the most problematic wood not the most definitely not the most but, but it's like i liked a lot about this movie but fuck it was weird mm. like i never like they never explain why it's called reptile no no there's a isn't there a line earlier in the movie oh no no Oh, it's actually in like one of the opening scenes where she finds the reptile skin. Yeah, she finds a snake skin. I don't know what that has to do with the movie, though. Because I think the metaphor here is that uh, they're like, ah, what's the fucking called like, reptile? A snake can shed its skin, but it's still a snake. Oh, uh, I, I, I think that's if if I'm trying to be um, astute about it. I'll watch it and report not back. Astute, to use that yeah. word there, but. Q, I think you'll have kind of the same opinion as Gato and I. It looked weird. It, it, like the trailer was very weird and kind of cut together very strangely. That it was I don't think like, the trailer does it justice. But I don't. I it, I didn't get anything from it that other than Justin Timberlake might be a murderer. And then I, I I thought Alicia Silverstone was the one that was murdered, but then like she's in the trailer, and I'm just like I don't know what's going on here. So yeah, um, I'm happy yeah, that question. she's in another movie. I didn't realize that she's also like an anti-vaxxer and an oh, RFK. She's crazy. She's in um, she's in like those. Isn't she in the ones like those those God is not dead movies? No, like I think Sorbo. that's the. I think that's the Clarissa explains it all. Check. Oh, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's big time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That might need to be a show like who. <sighs> in the near future of like who of this crop of like today's celebrities in 20 years is going power to rankings like, power yes. rankings for crazy celebrities yeah, yeah this I'm is like that. this is like dynasty league draft <laughs> we'll do a we'll do a draft for like i'm taking kevin sorbo number one guys come on hercules yeah but it's also dynasty though so you got to think long term Ooh, like, that's true yeah i i'm gonna tell you right now i see one of the jonas brothers being like Big time into like alien encounters and shit probably. like that. And just yeah, probably. pouring pouring all this money into it. <laughs> Alrighty, Gatto, anything? Uh, Russ is cooking. He just threw an interception. 
Why am I behind? Oh, I'm, on, I'm watching it on fucking Amazon. That's why. So the house Me is too. going down. Great. Get with the program, noob. Noob. I got Kansas City's defense, so I need them to play fantastic tonight. Well, they are doing a good start. Yeah, good for them. All right, folks. Well, that will do it for us. Uh, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. Do us a favor. And if you like what you heard in this episode, um, share it with your friends. Like and subscribe on Twitter, now known as X. Like and subscribe. Instagram as well. And you can also find this entire video or this entire podcast on YouTube. But also tell your friends, too. And if you have an opinion on who – you think is going to be the quarterbacks uh, that are going to be picked in the NFL draft. Let us know if you have a film that you consider a problematic wood, let us know as well, <laughs> but also who you think will be in our dynasty draft for um, current celebrities, future conspiracy theory weirdos. Um, I got talking. a sleeper, George Alexander. Who is George Alexander? I have no idea who that is. The guy from fucking Seinfeld. Jason Alexander? Jason Alexander. Yeah. This is this is not a Jason Alexander slander episode here. Gatto is, is the king of like morphing names. One small name wrong and like literally just like, yeah, you know, George Alexander. He's like, who the fuck is that? And he's like, George Costanza. George Costanza. Yeah, that guy. Costanza. 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 Oh, no. God damn it. These sunny D's are fucking me up. <laughs> I will say too, if you are in the film Dunstan checks in, you are you have been marked safe from conspiracy theories. Amen. All right, folks. Well, that does it for us. We are out. We'll see you next week. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> okay, let's get me a rhythm. Then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! <laughs> Suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs>